Before we begin, take note to check out episode 101 of A History of Italy podcast with Mike Corradi, who generously features our History of North America series. Listen to episode 34 of the Age of Victoria podcast with Chris Fernandez Packham, who also kindly highlights this program. Go to episode 54.2 of A History of Europe Key Battles podcast with Carl Rylett, who amiably presents our show. Locate episode 38 of the Backtracker History Show podcast with Alice Hill, who nicely announces this series. Finally, catch episode 102 of History of Southeast Asia podcast with Charles Kimball, who graciously introduces my History of North America podcast. Dog tags in the Civil War, one of the most devastating Union defeats took place in Florida, Confederate Lancers in New Mexico, a camel as a regimental mascot. Learn this and more on the Untold Civil War podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, and Buzzsprout website. Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. This episode, we interrupt our regular series narrative to address a few of the many listener comments and questions. For expediency and privacy concerns, I will only divulge the initials of those who reached out to me. All right, let's begin our first Q&A session. Listener GW asks, What does the word Chicxulub mean? Well, that place name was mentioned in Episode 2. Chicxulub Impact Crater is buried underneath the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. Its center is located offshore near the town of Chicxulub. The impact crater was formed when a large asteroid or comet struck the Earth slightly more than 66 million years ago, and worldwide climate disruption from the event caused the mass extinction of all non-avian dinosaurs. Chicxulub, ironically, is Mayan for Trail of the Devil. Listeners E and K ask, In Episode 3, you mentioned North America was reached by its first human populations during the last glacial period of the current Ice Age. Are we living in an Ice Age? Actually, yes. We do live in an Ice Age. At least five major Ice Ages have occurred throughout Earth's history. The earliest was over 2 billion years ago, and the most recent one began approximately 3 million years ago and continues today. Currently, we are in a warm interglacial period that began about 11,000 years ago. Viewer NFB, who watches the YouTube version of this series, also asks a question regarding Episode 3. You refer to our ancestors as hominids and hominins. What is the difference between these two similar terms? Okay, this is complicated, but I'll try and keep my answer simple. Hominid which ends with the letter D, describes the family of great apes who share a common ancestor, which presently includes humans, chimpanzees, gorillas, and orangutans. Hominin, which ends with the letter N, is a subfamily which presently refers to humans and their close human-like extinct relatives, such as Neanderthals. Referring to Episode 4, D.H., wants to know where Kennewick Man was found in North America. The 9,000-year-old prehistoric Paleo-American male skeletal remains, known as Kennewick Man, or the Ancient One, 
were found on a bank of the Columbia River in the city of Kennewick, Washington State, USA. Viewer JC refers to Episode 5's explanation of the importance of historical dates and chronology and asks, I have an interest in history, but I'm frustrated when trying to place important events chronologically in a timeline. For example, what came first, the American or French Revolution? I understand what you mean, JC, and have encountered many smart people with the same problem. It's difficult for countless individuals to establish in their minds the sequence of historical dates on a linear scale. I disagree with the prevailing mantra of avoiding boring dates when teaching history in schools. Contrary to popular opinion, I'm convinced that dates are the key tool in better understanding the evolution and timeline of human history. To this end, I regularly suggest to chronologically challenged folks such as yourself to remember one important date per century, thus allowing the mind to better situate other significant dates within the context of their proper epoch. For example, a well-known North American trigger date for the 16th century is 1534, representing the arrival of French explorer Jacques Cartier on mainland Canada. This important event set in motion powerful forces that would eventually change northeastern North America. The continent before and after 1534 was profoundly different. Each century, going back thousands of years, has at least one pivotal date worth remembering. Good luck, JC. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Here is a question from RT. Dear Mark, I notice in different episodes you use the word kilometer and alternate between its two recognized pronunciations. Keep the episodes coming. I really enjoy them. Good catch, RT. It's true that I sometimes say kilometer and other times kilometer. Like many words in our wonderful and colorful English language, both pronunciations are widely used. Generally, the British say kilometer, which resembles the French kilomètre. Americans usually prefer kilometer. I've spent time in both countries, so why not use both? Many words can be pronounced differently for clarity, effect, or emphasis. I'm not a spelling or pronunciation snob. I welcome and often enjoy variety, as long as an acceptable, well-known, or standard version is used. If you choose to spell or pronounce a word in a way that no one else on the planet does, then that's an obvious problem. But if you employ the word in a fashion that is widely recognized by a large audience, ethnic group, region, country, or profession, then that makes sense and adds color to the language. Speaking of the word color, 
Its spelling varies, like many words, in different English-speaking countries. And now, a few comments, considerations, and reviews, starting with listener H.F., who shares the following. Mr. Vinette, in your introduction episode, you declared that the sweeping saga of North America would be presented in a positive manner. At first, my wife and I wondered what you meant by the word positive. After listening to the first nine episodes of your series, we now understand and are enjoying your objective, common sense, stimulating, and upbeat presentation. Too often, nowadays, history is written, recorded, taught, and communicated in a revisionist negative fashion with a contemporary agenda or axe to grind. Keep up the good work. A.L. writes, I listen to your podcast on Spotify, then watch your show on YouTube for the accompanying images. Please keep doing both versions. J.J. states, Congratulations, Mark, for your Denari novels. I just finished The Frozen Raptor and enjoyed it immensely. Historical mystery thrillers are my favorite genre, and I plan on devouring the other books in your series. N.B. messaged, I just listened to episode one. Sounds like my kind of history. M.S. declares, I love that you start your series in the deep past. DR sent this text. Diving into Native American history interests me quite a bit. I already subscribed and listened to the first few episodes of your podcast. Definitely think I'm going to enjoy this. Here is an Apple Podcast iTunes five-star review from SB. We tend to think that North America has a meager history compared to the rest of the world. The truth is that there is a rich heritage just waiting to be explored. This podcast is doing it, and I'm already hooked. And finally, QC announces, I love your series and have joined your Patreon group. Thank you, folks, for all the good questions and lovely feedback. Keep them coming. Next time, we will resume our main historical narrative and explore the magnificent Aztec Empire as we move ever closer to the arrival of Europeans on the continent during the Great Age of Exploration. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying visuals, including maps, charts, timelines, photos, illustrations, and diagrams. Support our channel by watching and clicking on the ads in the video. It costs you nothing, and by doing so, gives us extra credit and encourages, supports, and helps us to create more quality content. Thanks. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body which decreases as we age. Taking Calitrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calitrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply, and this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. 
buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.